0: He's given me the microphone. I I gather he never does that to anybody. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, If you've got a Bible, we're going to look at uh, Matthew chapter 11. Just last verses, very famous verses. Matthew chapter 11. And... uh, Jesus says this, uh, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Great, let's just pray. Lord, thank you thank you dear god that you are so incredibly kind may your kindness pervade this place this church our lives today in jesus name amen uh, i started off as as a curate in devon when i was uh, after i was ordained in 1991 and uh, one of the things I had to do, it was I think it was the 50th anniversary of uh, VJ Day, victory in Japan, this was back in 1996. And uh, I was uh, detailed by the vicar to go and interview one of our church wardens up in one of the villages. And he was a guy who was, I guess he must have been well into his 70s. Uh, and uh, as I was chatting to him, he told me that he was on that uh, dreadful death railway in Burma and spent four years, the whole of four years, on the Burma railway. And he told me the story, well, he told me lots of stories, most of which actually, quite honestly, gratefully, I've forgotten because they were so horrendous. But uh, the one story he did tell me, and it was such a sweet story, he told me what happened at the end of that dreadful time is that all these men, these bedraggled and lice-ridden and uh, skeletal men, uh, they were all flown to Rangoon. And when they got to Rangoon, they got off the plane, they got off the Dakota Plains, and they were ushered into this huge marquee. And in the marquee, there were uh, tables set for afternoon tea. And the tables had lovely linen cloths on them and, and napkins and, uh, and flowers and, uh, and, and there were, there were, there were uh, teacups and plates and knives and forks. And they sat down and they ate cucumber sandwiches and they had cakes and scones and jam and, and they were served freshly brewed tea. And he said to me, do you know what, Jonathan, you couldn't hear anybody talking. There were hundreds of these men in this marquee, and none of them were talking. And they were being served tea by lovely WRVS women, all in starched aprons. He said, all you could hear were men sobbing into their teacups. And he said, do you know what? It was just the sheer kindness, the sheer kindness, which they hadn't experienced for the previous four years. That incident, incidentally, uh, is recorded in this book by Ernest Gordon. I don't know if you ever read it, Miracle on the River Kwai. Just in the very last chapter, it actually records the very same event that was happening And actually, I guess that was one of those pivotal moments that we were talking about for me, because actually before that, I I think kindness was a kind of slightly anemic word. Yeah, kind, yeah, okay, right, just be nice, you know. (laughs) Uh, And it didn't have a sort of gravity, it didn't have any sort of depth to it, but actually as soon as that man told me that story, I just thought, oh my goodness, kindness is incredibly powerful. I just picked up one or two uh, quotes. Um, the American rabbi, Abraham H- Heskell, said, when I was young, I used to admire intelligent people. As I grow older, I admire kind people. Albert Schweitzer said, kindness can accomplish much. As the sun makes ice melt, kindness makes, causes misunderstanding, mistrust, and hostility to evaporate. And the author, Henry James, said, three things in human life are important. The first is to be kind, the second is to be kind, and the third is to be kind. Now, of course, that shouldn't surprise us, because kindness, of course, is what God is like. Kindness is one of the fruit of the Spirit. We know that from Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Uh, And actually, I I sort of started looking at this word, kindness, and you you find it cropping up all over the place. We're we're told in Titus that when Jesus appeared, when God appeared, he appeared in kindness and love. We're told in Romans 2 that Paul says, do you know what leads us to repentance? Kindness leads us to repentance. Not a wagging finger, not a, a stick, not a demanding headmaster, but it's just his kindness, brings us to repentance and then uh, the the first which i love is in ephesians chapter 2 verse 7 which says that god throughout the whole of eternity what's he going to show us his power his beauty his majesty it says in ephesians 2 verse 7 that god is going to spend the whole of eternity showing us his kindness it's amazing kindness is so powerful So it's right that we should sing, uh, so often we sing that song. You're rich in love, and you're slow to anger. Your name is great, and your heart is kind, isn't it? His heart is kind. So when we look at Matthew chapter 11 and these verses, it's actually shot through with kindness. And Jesus invites the weary and the burdened. Anyone feeling weary and burdened this morning? Well, we all are. I mean, you know, let's face it, we all are through one reason or another. We're all feeling weary and burdened. You know, we have in our church, we, we, uh, we have a group that meets beforehand and they, they sort of listen to God for words of wisdom and words of knowledge. And every now and again, you know, they, they come back and I have to read out, there's somebody here this morning feeling weary and burdened. And I think, really? That's everybody. That's me. That's me. I'm feeling weary and burdened this morning. Okay? And I don't, to, I don't want to belittle that because we do get weary and burdened by life. We get weary and burdened by difficulties and traumas and struggles, and we are exhausted and anxious and all those sort of things. But actually, Jesus' focus is much more direct than that. Uh, his invitation is to the weary, and those were the Gentiles who were constantly searching, searching for God, searching for some spiritual high. And Today, I think today, people are constantly, some people are constantly on the look for the perfect job, the perfect holiday, the perfect house, the perfect kitchen, the perfect spouse, the perfect extension, the perfect children, the perfect education, the perfect Netflix movie. Well, good luck with that one. The perfect clothing, the perfect experience. And it's exhausting, isn't it, to be constantly looking for the perfect. And Jesus says, come home. Come to me, come home to me, and I'll give you rest. But to the other, if that was the Gentiles, then to the Jews, he's those that were burdened, that were heavy laden. They were laden down by regulations and rules, and they had to do this and had to do that, and it was a huge burden put on their shoulders. And in the same way, some of us we oscillate in between these two instantly. But you know, for some of us at times we are burdened by rules and regulations and performance either it's performance which others have put on us or maybe performance we put on ourselves and Jesus says no no come to me for goodness sake come home come to me and I'll give you rest and his offer is indeed rest rest for your soul's and that seems to be such a good offer to weary and burdened people. And, uh, of course, when we look at this word rest, we immediately, well, I immediately think of a sofa and uh, a gin and tonic uh, and a cushion and something sort of relaxing. Uh, and, and actually, of course, it's not that because apart from anything else, he then goes to talk about taking on a yoke, which is hard work. So rest obviously is not that. No, well, we know what rest is. Rest is coming home, isn't it? When God rested on the seventh day he didn't put his feet up have a cup of coffee read the Sunday newspapers God looked at all his creation and said it's amazing it's wonderful it's so good and actually when he gives us rest he wants us to enjoy him he wants us to enjoy his presence he wants us to come home and enjoy his beauty and his kindness come on home and enjoy my kindness I can give you rest Maybe it's just age, but uh, as I get older, I I just begin to appreciate in my life just how kind God is. How kind he's been to me. I really don't deserve it. How kind he's been to me in giving me the most beautiful woman in the world as my wife. (laughs) She is amazing. But it doesn't stop there. He says, yes, but we've got work to do. And this is a lifelong work. And he says, come. Come and be my disciple. Come and be my apprentice. Now, take Alan Sugar out of your minds right now, okay? He's not going to say you're fired. But take my yoke upon you. And the other day, we were looking at this verse as a staff. And it was very funny, actually, because we look at this verse, and, and I was saying, this is an amazing verse. This is such a good verse. And all the older people in the staff were saying, Yes, yeah, really good. All the younger members of my staff were looking at me completely blankly. I thought, what, what's the matter with them? They, they just weren't connecting at all. Until we suddenly realized that the only yoke that they know about is the yoke of an egg, take my yoke upon you. And they go, Ugh, that's disgusting. I said, not a yoke, a yoke. He's talking about a yoke, a wooden beam that goes across two oxen where you, you marry up uh, you know, a trainee oxen with an experienced, mature oxen. And Jesus says, this is what I'm asking you. You're going, to be, you're going to be married up to me. We're going to be yoked to each other. I'm going to be along beside you. Uh, Jesus often says many things to people. He says, believe in me, trust in me, welcome me, receive me, invite me, whatever. But actually, the most, uh, the most common things that Jesus says to us is, follow me. Follow me. And sometimes not, in my life, I think, well, how closely am I following Jesus? It's a bit like going on a walk with somebody who walks much faster than you. Eventually, you sort of give up trying to keep up with them, and they go miles ahead of you. And sometimes I think, well, Jesus is miles away in the distance. I can just about see him. Yes, I am following you, but not very closely. And I feel as if I'm miles behind. And the thing I love about this verse is that actually it's not that picture. The picture is that he's right here. We're actually attached by a yoke. He's right here. So close, in fact, that I could maybe actually hear his heartbeat. Maybe I could feel his breath upon my face. Maybe I could see his footsteps. So close, gentle, and humble in heart. I love uh, C.S. Lewis's... definition of humility do you know this definition of humility c.s lewis Uh, humility is not thinking less of yourself i'm such a miserable worm i'm you know humility is not thinking less of yourself it's thinking of yourself less which means we're always thinking about others and if jesus is the perfect humble person then he's not thinking about himself he's thinking about you and he's thinking about me He's thinking about the oxen that's yoked next to him. What's this yoke like? Well, Jesus says, My yoke is easy. Really? Does anybody here find the Christian life easy? It used to worry me that verse. I used to think, What do you mean, easy? It's not easy, it's difficult. It's hard. It's demanding. It's, you know, it's incredibly painful at times. What do you mean easy? Now, believe me, I'm not a Greek scholar, and I barely know Greek, but somebody pointed out to me that actually the word there, my yoke, is easy. That word for easy is exactly the same Greek word as in Galatians 5, verse 22, where it talks about kindness. In other words, my yoke is kind. In other words, that... that, uh, Um, bar across our necks if you like is lined with kindness it fits well it doesn't rub following jesus actually walking with jesus actually works it doesn't irritate it doesn't rub It, it, it actually it actually works yeah it's hard work but it works following jesus is not complicated you know we only have to remember two rules Love God, love others. In fact, that's only one rule, really, isn't it? Working it out, of course, takes a bit of effort. But it's not complicated. And so Paul says in many of his letters, you know, he finishes all his letters, he says, therefore, friends, be kind. Be kind. God has poured kindness into us. So give it away. Just give it away. Whatever God gives us, we must give it away. So be kind. Now, one of the things that uh, you mustn't do is we mustn't leave here thinking, gosh, I must try harder to be kind. I really must try harder to be kind. Because actually the the key to the Christian life is not trying harder. Uh, I'm sure people have said that to you before. The key to the Christian life is not trying harder because if we do that, it doesn't last and it doesn't work. If you want me to play the the keyboard here, it's no good saying to me, Jonathan, try harder. I can't. I can't. If you want me to play tennis like Roger Federer, you don't say to me, try harder, because I can't. Don't say to me, try harder playing golf like Tiger Woods. No, I can't. I can't. Uh, I've uh, recently uh, joined the health club, local health club. And um, uh, when I'm in, I just go swimming. I don't go into the gym. That's a dangerous place for someone like me of my age. But I I go to the swimming pool. And whilst I'm in there, in the changing room, you know, I'm rather coyly sort of drying myself in a corner. Suddenly the door, every now and again, the door bursts open and in comes a Greek god. I mean, they are amazing. Usually a member of the Gloucester Rugby Club, a Greek god walks into the changing room, and then what's worse, they then start taking all their clothes off, (laughs) revealing everything. (laughs) And I try not to look, but I I, I look and I think, why didn't I get a body like that? (laughs) Because the truth of the matter is, I don't want to have the diet that they eat. And I don't want to pump iron five hours a day. And I don't want to go for a run, five-mile run, first thing before breakfast. What's the difference between their body and my body? Practice. It's not trying harder. It's just practice. Practice. Jesus says, do you want to be like me? you want to be kind like me? Well, don't try harder. Just practice. Just put it into practice. Do you want to know how to read your Bible more? Well, just Practice. Don't try harder. Just practice. Just do it. A few more minutes a day. That's why I love this thing of the the beads yesterday. Because what is that about? You can't can't go away and and, and be more grateful to God. I must try harder to be more grateful to God. It's not going to work. It won't last for long. But by golly, if we practiced, if we had a visual aid to practice every single day, God, I thank you for this. 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 If we practiced it for a whole year, Will change our lives. Practice. Practice being kind, whether at home or out shopping, talking to our neighbors, at the checkout desk, driving in the car. Just practice. And God will work it in. And it will become so natural to be kind. Let me just finish by Paul and Christine. Um, a few weeks ago, they were at our... A weekend away and it was a great time it was lovely you do you know our, our congregation were completely blown away by these two i can say it, that you're really lucky to have them as your pastors but um uh, and at the end of the weekend i was talking to one or two people i said well how was your weekend for you did you enjoy it and there was one guy in particular and he's a guy that's been a member of our congregation for some time. And uh, he, he's, he, you know, he's a long-standing member, and he's been a missionary in, uh, in Borneo and Uganda and in uh, Philippines. But for the last couple of years, he's been suffering from severe depression. In fact, we've barely seen him. And when we have seen him, he's almost hidden in a corner. So it was a miracle that he was even at that weekend. And I went up to him in the end, and I said, how was how, how this weekend? Not quite sure, really, how he's going to reply. And his face just lit up. He said, do you know what? I really feel as if I've come home. I really feel as if I've come home. I've come home to God, and I've come home to the church family. And he said, do you know what it is? It was the sheer kindness that I've experienced this weekend. People have been so kind to me. I thought, yeah, kindness is very powerful. It's very powerful. We almost miss it. I want uh, our church in Churchtown to be a church which is kind, where people can come and just know that they're kind. And I'm sure you want that for some marks too. Bless you. Thank you for listening.